the Modern Black Man Podcast. All right, we're waiting on a second co-host this week for our show, but welcome to another episode of Modern Black Man Podcast. Today I'm joined with some very special guests. We're going to be talking about a topic that we revisited in a previous episode, and we're going to really introspect, analyze, and uh, just digest this topic of partnering. Um, So I'd like to introduce my first guest, um, a man who I could probably speak about and introduce for a a good length of time, but I'm going to allow him to introduce himself this week, uh, Mr. Redford Sam. Good evening. How you doing, sir? Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on your show. I've listened to your show uh, multiple times and I love the topics. So I'm just very excited to continue to have the discussion about partnering. I think that's very important um, for someone that's been in today's world that has as partners and, you know, successful relationships and some that just didn't work out. And so, you know, I'd like to definitely provide, hopefully provide some insight to individuals that are listening about partnering. So, but again, I will just want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time out. Uh, Our second guest has joined us, the um, always articulate and wise beyond her years, Ms. Janine. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us Sure, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, Connor Redford and I were just kind of talking about, uh, or at least uh, preparing and talking about the topic of conversation today, partnering. Um, I know our last conversation was a great one. Uh, I know that I was able to uncover some things, uh, not only from my experience, but matching. And I think that there's a lot of people that had listened to our conversation and are applying uh, and really diagnosing their situations from our experience. So I wanted to revisit it, talk about it again, uh, and bring in some new perspective. Um, I know that a lot of things really stuck out to me. I really want to just dive right into some of the things that I thought were really important and critical, um, like our expectations. I know you and I had a great um, conversation last time just talking about how we put so much pressure on ourselves to find this perfect partner, to find someone that's just going to be the the match to everything in us, that's going to complement everything in us and bring us to these new heights. And it really takes a lot out of our individual prowess um so with that being said uh i really want to talk about the expectations that we put on ourselves to find the ideal partner do you think that the ideal partner um is really is a real thing um i i think that um you know we all just kind of envision what we want our dream man or woman to be, you know, right? Even when we're kids, we have this fantasy of what our Prince Charming will be or what our queen will be. Um, I think as we get older, though, um, reality kind of sets in or it should set in. And, you know, we kind of uh, kind of decipher or we dissect what are those most important qualities and traits that we desire in a person. And as I said previously, you're never going to get everything that's on your list. You're never going to find a person who has 100% of the qualities that you want. And even if they do match 
which you feel is 100% on your list, at some point in the relationship, that person's going to get on your nerves. You know, you live with them. They're going to have some habits that you don't like. Um, you know, they're going to think differently from you. So I think that um, really if you're spiritual, that prayer is always a place to start. And if you pray and you ask God to provide the person that's right for you, even if we don't know ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, God knows what's best for us. So if you pray and say, you know, God, you know what I need the most, please send me somebody who, you know, that, you know, is going to be a good partner for me and vice versa. I think that that's, a, you know, a great way, a great way to start. And then also sometimes we have to kind of detoxify ourselves from social media and from negative influences. You know, um, we have to be aware of our surroundings. What are we feeding into our souls? Are we feeding negativity into our spirit? You know, are we surrounding ourselves with, uh, you know, evil forces? You know, what are we depositing into our lives every day? That can also kind of have an effect on what we feel is realistic or not. If you surround yourself and you're constantly looking at Instagram models with, you know, big butts and um, tiny waist and voluptuous breasts, if that's all that you're seeing, that's going to kind of alter your perception of... But it's not just about me, Janine. (laughs) It's not just about what? Looking at Instagram models. I said, it's not just about me. I was joking. (laughs) But you say that it's about, you know, us bringing in toxicity into our environment, looking at those ideal women on Instagram. And I I agree with you 100 percent. I do think that that's uh, a bit of a problem area. I just was kind of saying that as a joke. We have to, you know, draw a fine line between um, fantasy and reality. You know, what's fantasy? What's fun to look at? You know, we all love doing it, right? We like looking at sexy, handsome men. We like looking at beautiful women, you know, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But to put that expectation, and it goes kind of beyond saying, oh, I deserve somebody like Will Smith, or I deserve somebody like Idris Elba. That's all well and good, but at the same time, we still kind of have to be realistic. Don't sell yourself short, you know, thinking that somebody's going to, again, meet all the qualities that Idris Elba or um trying to think of like a sexy female, you know, JLo or Beyonce, what they have, you know, and most importantly, I think what we have to realize as a culture is that eventually your looks are going to fade, right? You'll still be attractive. You know, we still might be attractive. You know, we still might have those attractive features, but you know, how many 80, 70, 80 year olds do you know with a six pack, you know, how many women, you know, well into their sixties or seventies don't have lines or wrinkles on their face. So eventually Looks are going to fade. You're going to gain weight. You're going to lose weight. You're going to, you know, grow old. You're going to get gray hairs. What you want to be attracted to more than anything is their spirit, their inner character, their personality. That's what's going to sustain you well well past the physical attributes of a person. So, um, again, it's just I think sometimes we get caught up in the, the glitz and glamour of entertainment and social media, and we have to really just kind of know ourselves and know what we desire in a partner, what we're willing to accept and what our breaking points are and stick to that. You know, if you've got things that you know that you absolutely will not tolerate, like one of mine is cheating, absolutely will not tolerate a cheater. Don't break away from them, you know, stick to that and don't falter, you know, Uh, but it's the difference between saying, I don't want a cheater and I want a man who drives a BMW, you know, so Again, just um, but I think expectations is based on time. 
right? Because everyone may be at a different level at the particular time when they're introduced. And so going back to what you said, it is about you, but it's also timing is absolutely important when you're trying to set an expectation of who you want in your life at that particular time. So if you're 21 years old and 22 years old and you're thinking about having fun because most people around that age, they are looking for that lifestyle. They're looking for fun. As you get older, like you said, you get to settle and there's certain characteristics that you look for, but the timing has to be right. And Mm -hmm. so there could be somebody that you look, you look at that is very attractive or someone that you meet, whether it's at church or at your job down the street at a Starbucks and the timing does not work that you may absolutely be 100% suited for that individual, but because you are in the grind right now with your job or what you're doing with your career or your school, you don't have the time to put in to really invest in that relationship. So I think to be very simple, time has to be part of a discussion when you're coming to expectations. A hundred percent agree. And I actually mentioned this with the last uh, podcast episode. Um, in, in Steve Harvey's book, there is there are three things that he said a man has to have in order for him to be ready to settle down. And basically what it amounts to, you know, he has to be financially uh, stable. He has to be emotionally mature and the timing has to be right. I don't know if I actually have all those three things correct, but um, you could meet the right person at the wrong time. And it, it, it happens. Um, he could have everything that you want and vice versa. But if he is not ready to settle down, if he has other commitments, um, if he's not in that right headspace, you know, it's it's not going to work. Um, and it becomes hard, you know, especially when you feel like you've met the right person. Um, I think sometimes women are guilty of trying to force a man to be ready when he's not or thinking that, you know, oh, if I cook, if I clean, if I sex him right, if I do all these things and he'll want to, you know, he'll fall for me and he'll be ready for me. Um, I think so often why we see men who are in long-term committed relationships for five, 10 plus years, don't marry their partner. And then they, um, you know, we'll see them end up with somebody else and then they marry them in a shorter amount of time, you know, maybe marry them within a couple of years. You know, I've seen right. that happen, unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of times. And, you know, I feel bad for the woman who's, who hung in there, but it boils down to if a man does not want to be with you he's not going to be with you and the timing has to be right you know it just it does it has to be right he has to be ready he has to be emotionally spiritually and mentally mature to want the same things that you want but i think that both a male and a female that's in a committed relationship that may have faltered that didn't work over time i think one of the reasons why they stay in that relationship is because i've put that timing and I have tried to yeah. work this relationship. I've gotten this person to flow the way I want them to, to go. I, I feel that we do jive in certain things. And again, you don't necessarily want to um, leave that convenience. And so you both stay into that. And then, but the learning and the, the growth in the opportunity is showcased in the next relationship, yeah. you know, but, you know and, yes. and that time is important for people to develop. And sometimes, yeah, you look back at it like, man, how come, and you may see them or talk to them like, man, how, where was that when we were together? 
and you know you look back mm-hmm. and like man i i'm the one who helped her grow or helped him grow to be the person that he is right now and so sometimes there might be a little regret i don't know yeah and there's a saying there was i think it was a meme that i saw that said um you could be preparing your man to be a better man for the next woman meaning i can be investing mm-hmm. all this time in this relationship you know he's going to sow he's he's going to reap from my good sowing or the next woman's going to reap from my good sowing you know which which you know is is of course it stings you know for a woman to actually hear that much you know let alone see that but um i think also and it becomes it was one of the most one of the more confusing aspects of dating as a woman we have biological clocks um you know we we tend to desire that nesting that stability and i think we often struggle with okay when do i walk away especially if i've invested years into this relationship if i put my blood sweat and tears into making this you know house a home if i've invested you know time money energy into this man and he's still not ready to move uh, forward with the next type of commitment, whatever that may be. I think because we don't want to feel like that time is wasted because we want to see some sort of return on our investment that we struggle with. Okay. Do I walk away? Should I walk away? And if I do walk away, when is that time? And the longer that you stay in the relationship or the longer that you stay involved in the commitment, the harder it is to walk away in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I think some men struggle with just titles. So you may have a be involved with a woman and you that's the only person that's in your life and you guys have no title and everything is easygoing. There's really no expectations, but you may even eventually move in with the person and everything is still great. Still, you come home, you do all those things. You guys are financially stable you guys are budgeting together you may even have a bank account together but once that title comes in and says hey i am your boyfriend girlfriend whatever these days people are calling each other right and we need to move to the next step sometimes that hinders the growth of a relationship because now a higher expectation is set and some people struggle with that higher level of expectation. And I think for a man, a man is very simple. You know, they just want things to be easy. You know, and that's just what it is. You know, we want it very simple. And I know that in the last episode, you guys were kind of talking about the three things that you have or the three things that um, each of you want in a relationship. Uh, A man is very more very simple and a woman is so much more complex than a man and i think we have to really understand the differences based on that book you know men are from mars women from venus we are very different and i think sometimes women do rush men um in terms of trying to meet that that clock that you were talking about earlier and that puts the relationship at risk so it has to go back to what we're all talking about time it's important both parties have to be at the be at the right time right level and have the same mindset well my thing is also i don't think that a man should expect anything here's here's my issue that i have sometimes with men 
don't expect anything from me if you are too scared or not ready for a title. Don't expect me to cook for you. Don't expect me to clean your house. Don't expect me to do all the freakish things that you want me to do. Don't expect me to act like a girlfriend when you don't want to give me that title. Don't expect me to act like your wife if you are not ready to give me that title. Why should you reap the benefits of having my, my loving, my nurturing, uh, you know, my support, my loyalty? What am I getting out of this? If, Ooh, if, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have title. to jump in on that one because <laughs> life, life is. That's exactly what life is. When you apply for a job, you go ahead. In order for you to get more money at that job, you have to showcase what you're valued. When you go to uh, a sports team, they give you a prelim contract, and if warrants you to get a higher contract, you have to excel. So in a relationship. I'm trying you out to see if you are worthy of being my husband, wife, whatever the case may be. So, yes, I want to see, can you cook? I want to see if you can clean. I want to see if you can meet my mom. I want to see if you can meet my kids. So I'm going to I'm putting you through that that pathway, that roadway. And that's fine. That's fine. However, do not continue to expect those things if the relationship is not progressing. I have been there, done that. I totally agree. You want to show your man that you can be a good wife, that you can be a good girlfriend. However, here's the problem with women. We are scared to ask certain things of our man, like commitment. There was an article that my one of my girlfriends, and I think I might have talked about it in the last podcast, uh, but the title was called Stop Being Loyal to Single People. Okay, And what this man said, he gave it to us very, very raw. He said, you women need to stop being scared to ask questions. Ask a man, okay, we've been dating for two months. What in the hell are we? Are we, uh, you know, just dating? Are we dating other people? Are we exclusive? Are we just screwing on the side? Are we friends with benefits? Do not assume that a man that you are his one and only, if there has not been a verbal commitment that says you are my girlfriend, you're my side piece, you're my bae, you're my boo, whatever title that you want to give or lack, lack of title, for that matter, do not be afraid to have that conversation because what you'll end up doing is setting yourself up for disappointment. You'll be setting this false expectation. Imagine everything is going good and, you know, the woman is doing those things that you said, Brian. She's trying to show a man, I can cook, I can clean, I can manage a household. I can do all these things. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's dating other women. But guess what? If she comes to him and she's like, or she finds out, hey, you know, why are you dating some other person? Or, you know, I thought that we was, you know what he could say? You're not my girlfriend. Why would you think that? Did I ever say we were exclusive? Right. Did I? But I think it's real interesting what he said, though. He said that more just because I, the sports thing relates to me, the performance-based incentives. He's giving all kinds of signing bonuses and extensions based on performance. And I, I, I do think that is the way our psychology can work a lot of times. We're not ready to take that next step until we can see the performance. Because really, maybe men are more insecure than women. We just go about mm-hmm. it differently. Um, because cause like you said, your worst case scenario is performing, is being a uh, beyond the mid-level exception player, uh, trying to go for that long-term contract in someone else's looking at other free agents <laughs> that, that sports analogy's got me but stuck. that's okay because athletes negotiate though right and if they feel they're worth something right. more guess what they, they go back to their sports agent and say you know what I need more money otherwise I'm going to go to the next right. team women 
exactly. need to have that same kind of mentality. Listen, I know what I'm worth. You either rock, rock with me or you're not. If you are not in the place, and then women also need to not be afraid to walk away if it's not serving you. And same thing for men. But women don't walk away if I've got enough money to negotiate the salary cap. Say that again. I don't think women are as quick to walk away if, They're uh, not. if, if uh, someone has They're enough not. money negotiate they're not because we have if they know that they're a part of the best team if they know they're going to get that long-term extension from the warriors if they know they're going to be in the right place i mean it's it's in a sense justified Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah i think that um and I, i think it gets harder as we get older too um you know especially when we we start again having that biological clock we start having that um desire to be a part of something and we desire to start having a little bit you know more I think that we might well really you could women could take it both ways I think the beauty in Mm -hmm. getting older is that because you have seen a lot you've been through a lot with dating you know what you're going to tolerate like me with all and Brian you know some of the things that I've been through you know I was telling you about my Mm -hmm. little situation a couple days ago you know, yeah. I know at this age, I'm, I'm 34, I'll be 35 this year. I know exactly what I'm willing to take from a man and what I'm not. And that has just come through I talk experience about and loving myself mm-hmm. and knowing what I'm worth, knowing the queen that I am and knowing what I deserve out of a partner, you know? I want to talk about that experience. <laughs> um, no, really, because, because men, uh, just kind of the conversation we're on now, um, we're very objective. We we know what it is that we're seeking. And at the same time, there's a sensitivity to be balanced. A woman in your situation where you know your worth, you know that you're coming to the situation with everything that you bring, right? Um, it's just a matter of what you're willing to invest in the situation because you have the same apprehensions. We're all people. We all have apprehensions when it comes to giving affection and commitment and love and all those mm-hmm. things, right? So, I mean, it's just it's, it's just interesting how we go about it so differently. Um, so, I mean, about that, that situation mm-hmm. in particular, you had to make a decision. I don't know what decision you made, but I, I know that it was a big deal. It was somewhat of a big mm-hmm. deal for you because you knew what you how you wanted to handle it. Did you end up uh, getting a, a positive outcome? Um, I'd say maybe I got kind of a neutral outcome. I mean, we still, okay. you know, have, I guess, limited chats via text. Um, but he's not somebody mm-hmm. that I'm, like, pressed or just really even, I dare I say, looking forward to meet because I feel like he just rubbed me the wrong way. First impressions are everything. Um, and this first impression just mm. happened to be over telecommunication, you know? So it's kind of like, uh, right. I might not a hundred percent write you off. I mean, I, I, you know, I was definitely thinking about it, but it's kind of like, I had to let them know, Hey, that's the kind of woman I am. You either win it or you're not. And since you know, now right. don't approach me like that the next time, because I'm not going to change my views for you is not happening. You know, I'm going to stick to, what I what I believe and what I stand for. So, um, and honestly, that turns a lot of men away. And my thing is, that's too bad. The man that God has for me is going to embrace that and love that and accept that. What Why do women struggle to fully cut a man off um, when 
they see some things that they may not like the first time, the second time, because I, I know multiple women yeah. that have, you know, they know that certain characteristics that they want, that they the person may not have, they may not showcase, but they keep them attached just in mm-hmm. Well, it could be a lot yeah. of things. One could be loneliness. Um, and I've been this woman before, so I can speak from experience. One is loneliness. Um, a cold bed is a cold bed. And, uh, you know, women go through different stages in life. But when you're at that stage where you want somebody next to you, um, you know, sometimes you let your guard down. So being lonely is one thing. Um, the fear that you won't find somebody that, you, that you're going to like is another big reason. Um, you know, especially if you're one of those women where you have a certain type, you actually find that type. And, you know, we start kind of excusing behavior like, oh, well, maybe it's not that bad. Or, you know, maybe this was a fluke or something to that effect. And then, you know, as we know, the more time that you spend with somebody, the more that you get to, you know, that you're just kind of in their presence, you become attached. And women, of course, as you guys know, we, our emotions are attached way quicker than men. You know, we're emotional creatures by DNA. So we might latch onto a man, even if he doesn't feel the same way about us, just because we're emotional beings. So just kind of having that warmth that that maybe that security of having a man in your life of, you know, feeling like, okay, I don't have to be lonely. Sometimes there's a sex aspect, you know, like I, I want to, you know, be sexually satisfied. This man does this, this, and this to me, Um, you know, so I think it's, it's a number of things of why women hold on to to bad seeds um there was this youtube video that one of the meetup groups that i'm in um and this woman was basically saying i didn't really agree with everything that she said but what she basically was saying was that black women black men are trash (laughs) well she she really was kind of saying the opposite to me she was saying that Black women don't want a good, black, a good black man because they they spend time entertaining losers, for lack of, of a better word. They, they spend time entertaining losers because, you know, they sex them down good or because they can control them because they feel like they have something up on them, that they could degrade them, that they can emasculate them, which I just totally don't agree with at all. Yes, you do have those types of women who um, kind of have that role reversal and want to be the man in the relationship and want to have that kind of control. Uh, but that's not, to me, that's not the average woman at all. The average woman does not want to be running a household and taking care of a household by herself. The average woman does not want to be taking care of a grown-ass man she just doesn't the average educated woman who knows her worth does not want to have a a a child as a a child but you still haven't really answered the question because you have multiple educated women out here that are taking care of men without jobs um, men that struggle to take care of their responsibility as a man and then they yell on top of the mountain saying they want a good man and the, when a good man does come, they close the door on them, but keep the door open or at least keep the door cracked for individuals that know is not right for them. So and because they're so educated in them, I'm going back to your initial um, podcast where we talked about the educated black woman around doesn't have this pool for them to choose from. But they're eliminate they're eliminating the pool based on their choices, right? 
I think that um, some women, I, I think sometimes we, and I think I, I actually mentioned this during the last podcast, some women are familiar with chaos and they're comfortable. It might sound like an oxymoron, but they're comfortable with chaos. They're so used to having failed relationships. They're so used to not having somebody good in their life that they turn the good man away because they're afraid that they might not know how to love that man but it's easier for them to go back to something familiar like somebody that they know is not good for them because either they feel that they don't deserve that man or they're used to having those failed relationships to where they don't, you know, believe in themselves enough to actually nurture and uh, work hard at having a loving relationship. You know, it's kind of like, this is what I'm used to. This is what is familiar to me. Even if it doesn't feel good, this is just kind of what, I'm used to, and it also goes back to self-worth. You know, some women don't feel like they're worthy of having a good potential partner or some women feel, um, I'll I'll tell you in my experience, I have come across, um, and this is just my personal experience, some men who are educated and who know that they have things going for them, come off as very, very cocky. And it's such a turnoff. They come Mm -hmm. off as, you know what, I could have my pick of, whatever woman I want you better be glad that I'm choosing you because I could have this chick the next chick the next chick because I'm a hot commodity I haven't been to jail I'm educated I have a job I'm handsome I could have a white girl a Spanish girl they have they either come out and I've had men tell me this you know it's not even just the aura that they give off but literally them saying you better be glad that I chose you because I could have but don't you think that that's what runs I I, I don't like the curse but mm-hmm. I'm going to curse right don't mm-hmm. you think that's what runs these these gals to these fuck boys mm-hmm. is, is exactly that is that they don't want to be humbled overwhelmed or outshadowed by a man in his quote unquote success uh, I, I, I've had this experience many times black women will be damned to be outshined by a male partner why is that um that I, I honestly I, I don't know because I don't have that that issue. I think that we are often just trying to achieve goals that sometimes I don't want to say they're unattainable, but I, I think that black women we're always kind of in a, a state of, of fighting, right? We're always, you know, fighting in the workplace, you know, trying to prove ourselves that we're as good as our counterparts or, you know, as white women, um, you know, so just. I think sometimes we're, and it could just be like, we might be on defense mode. So maybe some women feel like they have something to prove um, by being more successful than their partner. But what women have to understand is that it shouldn't be a competition of who we call a partner for a reason, right? There should be no, and, and it, this goes for men too. There shouldn't be a competition of who can be the best at whatever, you know, who could be the best cook, who makes the most money. You're supposed to work at these sorts of things together you're supposed to be building an empire together achieving things together when you start competing with your partner then that's when you start having security issues or you know you'll, you'll, the way the relationship will start to falter because it's, then it's like okay this person is my arch nemesis they kind of become my enemy you should never look at your partner like that if my man makes more money than me i want my man to make more money than me you know at the end of the day i'm going to have my own money regardless I want you to be the head of the household, so I want you to bring more income with me. But guess what? If you don't, that's okay, as long as we're building an empire and we are 
managing fine together. You know, if we're equally yoked, then that's what matters. But you know? but the perception of a partner who's arrogant, uh, the perception of a partner who comes across this way is problematic. But Brian, what is the difference between mm-hmm. an educated woman that knows that she's educated, mm-hmm. that says, I'm not going to settle for anybody that comes around. So I am mm-hmm. independent. I don't need you. And what's the difference between an educated male that says, hey, I have a lot going for myself, right? You got to come with it. That's the same thing. What's the difference? And and people are and people are indicating that there's so many educated women out there and there's not enough men to basically select those women. But the fact is that the independence of the women of the woman, in my opinion, is what is justifying and is eliminating them from finding someone. Not necessarily a man that is cocky or conceited or or bold, you know? I don't agree with that. I think that, especially in this area, men have their pick. It is so many, there are so many beautiful, smart, educated women who want to settle down. And I think, I'm not going to say that it's, you know, that women don't have a part in that too. Um, And again, it goes back to expectations. Women have to create these realistic expectations, especially if you want to find a decent man. And I was telling Brian, this is the last podcast at the, you know, during the last podcast episode that, um, you know, some of the materialistic things, for lack of a better word, might have to come off your list. You know, it's nothing wrong with setting expectations, having standards, but be open to dating a plumber or electrician and not the Harvard Law graduate, you know? Be open to the man who drives a Honda Accord and not a Lexus or BMW, you know, because that man likely has his finances in order because he's not spending a whole bunch of money on something luxurious that he probably doesn't need. You know, I think with women, we also have to kind of tread a thin line between asserting our independence, but then still letting a man know we might not need you financially, but we need you for other things, right? We need you mentally. We need that support, that backbone. We need you to be there for us. We need you to love us, to comfort us, you know, to show us that you care. Um, No woman will, will sit there and tell you, like I said, a cold bed is a cold bed. At the end of the day, a woman wants to be loved. She wants to be held. She wants to be admired. We face enough adversity in the world. We want our black men to love us and care about us. At the same time, we also know what we're worth. So it's not like I'm going to accept a man. And again, some women do. You have different types of women. You have those educated women who want the, you know, um, who want the the baby boy who is not going to make anything of himself because she wants that control. Okay. Then you have your other type of woman mm. who is independent, has a good career. Uh, but then she also has a specific type, you know, I want a lawyer or I want a doctor. I want a man to make, um, you know, eight figures or, you know, seven figures. I was going to say eight <laughs> figures now. She only dating NBA players. Come and on, I would now. say six figures, but like we said, that that's sometimes I don't really stretch you far in the DMV. <laughs> Right, right. But it's middle class, you know, six figures is middle class. So a, a man is a protector and a provider. And if a woman is indicating that she does not need the man to provide, there's not going to be a, a relationship. 
And so a woman, in my opinion, has to take a step back to say, what do I really want? Because that is how men are built. Men are built to provide and protect. That is it. All men, all a man really wants is for their woman to respect them and allow them to provide and protect. That could be, they can put up, uh, they can front, you know, and say, hey, whether they make more or whatever the case may be, but that's all it is. That's what I'm saying. A man is so simple. Protection and providing. That is it. When you go up to meet a female and they're indicating, oh, yeah, I have this, I have that, as the first level of the conversation, they're telling you right off the bat, you know, I, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you have done in your life, hey, here, here are my credentials, you know, so make sure you understand who I am as well. But That's then how... How how is it though that men will say, you know, I'm attracted to a smart female, I'm attracted to a woman who's independent, who has her own, you know, I'm attracted to a woman who's, you know, uh, a female boss who has her own business, you know, who has these things going for her, but yet you're saying a man wants to be a provider, which I agree with, and a man should be a provider, he should be a protector. So how how can we still have our careers and our success? but then relate to men that we still want you to be that provider, that us being successful is not a replacement for you being a protector and a provider. Rather, it's just, um, it's a bonus, you know, more so it's an asset, you know, it's a enhancement to our lives. The fact that, okay, we could have two incomes instead of one, you know, right. we shouldn't have to, you know, it's different. It's a difference between a gathering your providing. independence from the mountaintops and, you know, just kind of quietly, asserting or knowing you have to verbally say it just knowing okay i have a career i have my finances in order and you know let's work together is a man still providing if he's contributing to the home and he's taking care of those bills while his woman makes more money than yes yes all right so i mean i I don't think it's too far of a stretch i mean i know there is no way i'm comfortable no way there's no way that a man is going to feel like a man is if they're paying the bills in the home and their woman mm-hmm. makes more money than them. There's just no way. And I, and her money's my money. Co- correct. However, because we have been built like we're, we're, we're we've been mm-hmm. built like we're, we're lions, right? We're in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And so again, we need to take care of certain things. And if we can't, so if, if you go back to old school dating, old school dating, a woman never really picked up the check, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was the man's responsibility until multiple months after a woman would chip in and say, no, baby, I got it, or whatever the case may be. But that was the man's responsibility. Dating has changed to the point, and you can see what, and you can see that if you look nowadays, people are not in long-term relationships because those old school values are no longer there, right? Um, you have mm-hmm. marriages that back in the day, 20 years, 15 years, 25 years. Right now, you're talking about a year, two years, three years, because it goes back Five to years those is a good old run. school values. And so I'm just saying, there's, to my opinion, in my opinion, if a woman makes more than a man, there's nothing wrong with that. However, the woman has to manipulate that man to make sure that he is king of the jungle. And if they cannot do that, that relationship will not work. And so how do we do that? If we make more money than our man, 
how do we make him feel like he's providing? So again, you, you do that in terms of your communication with him because you talked a little bit. I'm, I'm just going to hit this real quick and get back to your point. Uh, a man wants a, a woman that is intelligent. That We want to have intellectual conversations. We want to talk about politics. We want to talk about issues within today's society. We want to talk about things that's going on in the world. You know, we don't, we don't basically, we don't want an airhead, right? Um, but in terms of feeling like we mean something, we want, when a woman comes home from a hard day's work, yeah, maybe the, the role changes and the man cooks or whatever the case may be. You know, he, he rubs her feet, um, puts a, a bath um, for her, gets a bath ready for her, all of those things. And what she does for him is what makes him feel good. So she may buy a few things for him. She may understand, hey, a, a couple things, right? And the role reversal comes in, just like, you know, you stated earlier, I'm going to have my own money. I'm going to get my own money, right? Brian said, your money is our money. So we put some things together where we are sharing and we put and you assist him to make some more money because his opportunity may not have been there to make some more money. So putting the man on to different opportunity to help him make more money is what we will need, if that makes sense. But I, you know, I don't feel like a man, I don't feel like his value or worth is tied up into the, you know, amount of money that he makes. And I don't want a man, I don't want a man who feels like he's not complete or he's not king of his castle because he doesn't make, you know, a certain dollar amount or because I might make a little bit more than him because you don't want to like waste your time and energy trying to feed a man's ego. You know, I feel like there are other ways that you can, again, it's all about partnering. And Brian and I talked about this last episode. The role reversal is fine, you know. It's okay if a man does laundry, if a woman, you know, takes out the trash, you know, now and then. Um, it's like whatever you have to do to get the job done, to keep the household functioning, to keep the family happy. Do do what you have to do without getting so caught up in, okay, this is a woman's job, this is a man's job. You know, yes, by DNA, we, you know, just kind of have those roles that we automatically kind of step into, but at the same time, the goal is to create a, a loving and functional relationship and, you know, family, if you have children together. So um... if, if I'm in a relationship with a woman, you know, which I am now, I am, I do not want her taking out the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is solely my responsibility. I don't want her taking the, the, the bags in the trash and rolling out to the front. Anything can happen. It's not, it's dark out, you know, there's crazy people out. That's not, I'm not going to put her in that situation. Again, going back to the protector mode, mm-hmm. I'm not having her to do that. And you have people that are looking for those types of things, you know, raping individuals, all kinds of stuff that can happen. I'm not going to put my woman in that situation. So, you're absolutely right. Dishes? Yeah. Yeah. Will I wash some dishes? Absolutely. What if my woman makes more money? Matter of fact, my woman makes more money than me now. Right. You know, and so here's the situation. What she does for me, she makes me feel good. She absolutely. It's about her communication. It's about what she says to me to make me still feel like, hey, I'm making the decision. So if we're going to spend some money. Just for example, um, Brian knows that I'm about to buy a new car. Right. The, the conversation it was between um, an Acura ILX and a, a BMW. Yeah. And one of my things is Brian will know that I love coupes. And so uh, I wanted to buy. But the conversation, we had a very good conversation before I made up my mind. 
and she made me feel like it was my decision, right? And mm. ultimately, she threw some key items out there, but it was my decision. And as long as that happens in a relationship where the man feels like he is empowered, that he's making decisions within the home, right? Um, in terms of our living environment, it was my decision where we live. She dropped some hints. I picked up the hints and I rolled with it, right? But again, it felt like it was my decision. Where I placed the furniture, it felt like it was my decision. So she makes more money than me. But again, I feel good about my situation because I feel like I am the king of my castle. Okay, let me ask you this. What about in situations where, especially when it comes to financial decisions, a woman cannot leave that in the hands of her man? Like, say, for example, he's not good with money. Okay, this is a situation that I had with my ex. Ooh. He was horrible with money. If I left the decisions up to him, we would be homeless. And yes, it became an issue of, a mas- of masculinity. You know, he called me uh, controlling many times but my thing was we have a child together I can't sit here and let you just drag us and and make all these bad decisions because guess who you'll be looking to if we get in some if, if we're in above our heads you're gonna you want to be the man now but if you make these bad decisions who are you going to look to to get out of them you're going to look at me and I'm assuming that he had some some strong characteristics, some things that he did better than you did. And if you were the person that was able to manage the finances, that was one of your strengths, mm-hmm. right? Um, my, my thought process would be that you begin to hopefully teach him how to manage money better. And again, it's how you manipulate that to make him feel like, hey, baby, uh, this is the what what about this hey what do you think about us doing this right mm-hmm. so you frame it in a form of a question and you give him an option and he may pick sometimes pick the the wrong option but before you guys make a final decision you revisit it and i guarantee a, a man is pretty pretty good of reading certain messages that he's going to make the decision that's beneficial for that home okay. it's about it's about teaching it's about the verbiage that's being used it's about the communication it's about not yelling him it's not about um making him feel like he is not respected and so i think a lot of women when they want when a man makes a poor decision or a poor choice they absolutely slaughter their character. They absolutely slaughter their manhood. And those are the issues. And based on that, we never change and we never grow. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. Um, part, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Partly it's because, aside from women being emotional, when we have worked hard for something and we feel like a man has just completely messed that up, we are heated. Absolutely. Yes. I'll give you an example. Um, I told him when we had um, one of our homes together, these, you know, we're going to split the bills. You know, that's fine. You choose what bills that you want to be responsible for. I'll choose which ones I want to be responsible for. And he was making more money than me at the time. Okay. So he had the gas and um, electric to pay for. Okay. I didn't ask him about it. You know, I, I trusted that he was going to pay it on time, um, that there wouldn't be any issues. Fast forward some months and months later, um, he tells me that we are in danger of getting our gas and heat cut off because 
he had unbeknownst to me signed up for one of those programs where you have like they cut your um they reduce your price uh and you get on like the special program where it's at a reduced rate but i guess what he failed to realize or maybe what they neglected to tell him or what he didn't understand was that you only have to cons- you have to consume a much reduced amount of heat and electricity in order to stay on that budget program so you might be paying less money but you can't go over a certain amount of wattage or you know whatever the the unit of measurement is for heat electricity so then you know guess who has to you know now try to make sure that we don't have our heat or gas cut off so it just depends on the type of man if you have a man who's responsible you know who's financially stable who can handle those types of things great but i'm not about to sit here and save your masculinity when you are making decisions Mm. that as a grown-ass man you know that you should not be making you know women have to stop babying men if you want to be a man act like a damn man act like a man and do what you're supposed to do otherwise when we come in and take the reins don't complain about us emasculating you no woman wants to have it's not it's the how and exactly it's not partnering so going back to your situation with the bills. So in my situation, right, in terms of the bills that we have, that we share, we don't pay a bill, right? So there's no separation of who pays this or who pays that. What When the bill comes in, we open it together, we look at it, right? We go into our accounts and the bill is paid. So both of us absolutely know that the bills are paid. And so you're discussing those things. We don't leave it up to her or him to take care of that. Because, again, it is a partnership. So as a partner, I we need to do this together. And those things work better. There's going to be some times where I'm going to have some stuff, right? And you're, you're not. And a vice versa. So, hey, baby, you know, I'm going to give an extra 30 right now in this situation. Because I know, you know, um, Christmas is coming. And I have two kids. And you have no kids. So, <clears throat> I need to make sure that I have enough to make sure that my son and daughter has a very good Christmas. Mm-hmm. All right, no, no problem. But it's about us having true communication on what's going on and sitting down in front of the computer together, going over the bills. Open up your bank account. Uh, you open up your bank account. Let's look at this. Uh, um, a list of all the bills that you have to pay month by month. And we're going to go ahead and do this thing together. And if we don't want to do it together, there's no reason for us to be in the relationship because a partnership is not 50, 50. It is a hundred percent from both parties. I agree. So did you guys have, uh, did you guys share an account or it was just, okay, I'm going to take some money out of my account. And then you take some money out of your account and we pay the bill together. Initially, it was separate accounts and then eventually became um, the joint account. Because mm-hmm. finances, that is the number one cause of divorce. True. Finances, not even infidelity. Finances is the number one cause of divorce. And I think it's because a husband and wife are not on the same page financially. Um, and I honestly think that that's, that could be hard to find. Um you know, especially if you have one that's more of a spender, one who's more of a penny pincher, or you have one who, um, you know, doesn't want to take risks, like say, as far as maybe investing in stocks or bonds. And then you have one who is a little bit more conservative. So, and then uh, when people feel like their finances are threatened or if they feel what maybe one partner is spending more than the other, you know, there's so many different things that can go wrong with finances. Um, and you'll hear a lot of, 
relationship advice experts say to women, don't share an account with a man. Have like if you have a joint account for you know your household uh, bills or whatever, that's fine. But have your own separate money. You know, I, I hear that so often, even from men. You know, from from men financial coaches to say, a woman and a man should always have their own separate money. If you want to have a joint account, that's fine. But don't put all of your money in that joint account. Even though you are, you do have a partnership. And then there was also what I found interesting. Um, I was watching on the news where they said. It was some crazy percentage. I can't remember, but I think it was like 50%, I want to say, or maybe it was, it was either 25 or 50, where they said they don't know how much money their partner makes, right? People who are cohabitating, wow. they don't know how much money, money their partner's bringing in, or they don't share things like salaries or bonuses or raises or things like that. I think we are, you know, kind of becoming programmed to keep things a secret because we're scared of our investment going to waste and you know honestly I totally understand that I, I totally get it you work hard you want to hold on to what you've worked hard for but that goes back to finding somebody who's equally yoked who's kind of on the same page as you financially yeah. which you know I feel sometimes can be hard if you you're know? all in you got to be all in that's that's how that's how yes. I look at it and whether whether I somebody do. makes more money than the other person you got to be all in and so knowing if you if you think about just living living by your means so if you're going to live by 70 percent of your income whatever that is right 70 percent you can 70 percent of um fifty thousand dollars and the other 30 percent 10 percent is going to go to stocks and bonds 10 percent is going to go to tithing 10 percent is going to go to whatever you guys decide that 70 percent is going to go to take care of the financial um, composite of the relationship and the same thing for the other person and you're going to put that together to take care of it but for me to hide what I make and then have a, another separate account that's how people cheat because you know I, I have the right. separate account I can go ahead and do this I'm going to go uh, go to Miami I'm going to go to club I'm going to do this be like hey you know that I, I just think that people have this false sense of what a relationship and I'm just going to go back to the values of my uh, older day relationships. Those things didn't exist. If they did, I, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with them, but I do know that relationships back in the day were much longer than they are right now. And I think that people were, were truly transparent and people well, are not transparent. Right. right. Now. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute because, and I, I totally agree with that. Um, and I remember there was an episode of insecure um, on HBO where um, one of the characters' father said, people nowadays don't want to work at relationships. You want to give up too easily, which I totally agree with. One of the reasons why parents and grandparents stayed married was because when something was broke, they fixed it. They didn't give up. However, I will also say as far as the money aspect, what you have to realize is back in those days, women didn't have a choice but for their man to be a provider, especially in the black community. Women, we still aren't treated equally, but we damn sure weren't treated equally back then. So we relied on our husbands to be the provider. It wasn't an option. How many women back then were the financial breadwinners? You know, not many. How many women back in the 70s made more money than their spouses? very little so the dynamic has changed back then no you didn't have that many arguments about finances because a woman usually was the caretaker of the household she wasn't bringing in any money so uh, you know 
that traditional, I guess, if, if there's such a word, role where the woman was the, the housewife and the caretaker of the children, the man managed the finances. You know, even though you might have had joint decisions or some things, you know, I hope that there would, we would still make decisions together. Ultimately, the man was the breadwinner. That's just how it was back then. Nowadays, that's not always the case. A lot of cases, you have the women being the breadwinner. So that does kind of create an extra conflict as a different dynamic to an already, what can already be a chaotic situation as far as finances are concerned, because it's like, okay, and now we've got two incomes and you might be making a little bit more than me. And then what, what about that what about the scenario have if you have a man who's not good with money? Is it, is it wrong for you to have an extra account where you might be stashing some money away so that he can't get his hands on it? You know, what if you have someone who's addicted to shopping? You know, you might have to have uh, some money set aside to make sure that they don't get their hands on it. You know, that might go for men and women. It's a lot of women who are shopaholics and some men might have some money tucked away because it's like, I don't want you to throw away all the stuff that we've worked hard for. So I think every situation is different. There's really no mold of, you know, how people should really function in a relationship, especially where finances are concerned. It's a very tricky, touchy subject. But I do agree that women do have to make a man feel like a man. And he does need, at the end of the day, when he comes home from work, he needs to feel like the king of his castle. However, I think that there, depending on the man, there are different ways that you can do that. You know, like you said, your woman, um, you know, allowing you to, uh, you know, pick out the furniture where the furniture would go. You know, that's that's good. Um, That might work for somebody, might not work for the next person. So, again, communication. Show me how to make you feel good about yourself. Show me how I can love and appreciate you. You know, show me how I can be your partner and show you that I'm not your enemy, that I have your back, that I support you. You know, different men might have different needs. Interesting. Uh, Do you think that maybe women have bought their seat at the table? Mm -hmm. Or say, um, and that's why maybe they're experiencing what they're experiencing in this current or modern culture. Right. And I think just because modern culture has changed, we just kind of have to revisit, um, I don't want to say rules, but just, I guess, expectations. I, I feel like there's so much confusion. You know, you guys say men are simple, not complex. Uh, women don't feel that way. We feel At you all. guys are very complex. <laughs> so there's just kind of like this mis- miscommunication, I think, between sexes of how we can make each other happy, you know? while not losing our pride and our integrity. How can I make you happy? How can I commit to this partnership without losing myself? The worst thing anyone can do, and I've made this mistake where I was so devoted, so, you know, just devoting all of my time and energy and trying to make a partnership work that I started to lose myself as a person. And I had to snap myself and that's the relationship for I allowed any further self-damage to occur. And that was my fault. You know, I don't blame him for any of that. A person can only do what you allow them to do. So making sure that we are committed to our families, to our, our husbands, our boyfriends, our partners, and that we're being that backbone that men need and desire without compromising our pride, our integrity, our values, our morals, our beliefs. And so it's as simple as this. When I come home, maybe you... Um, get me a, a beer real quick 
you know, maybe you make my plate. And granted, there's times where I'm going to get you a drink. There's going to be times that I'm going to make your plate. And so th- that's the compromise. Don't when we ups- when we are fighting. Hey, let's make sure that we uh, come up with a resolution to whatever the issue is that it doesn't resurface. And then make sure that I'm gonna be you know kind of inappropriate right now. But you know, give me the good good. You know, mm-hmm. you know. So if I'm coming home, give me the good good. Don't have me have to think about. Hey, why are you not giving it to me? Are you giving it to somebody else? Or make me think in order for me to get my needs met I have to go elsewhere so and I think that in a lot of cases that uh in a in a relationship people struggle because they don't want to humble themselves they're like I'm not making that brother's plate you know he should be making mine or whatever the case may be I'm not cooking for him it's again people have to do a little bit of role reversal a little bit but for the most part hey um I want I want my woman to kind of take care of me because at the end of the day, you know, I'm a baby and a man is a baby, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, no, I don't act like a baby. But in terms of how I deal with my emotions sometimes because of my own insecurities in terms of trying to provide and make sure that she's happy, I'm going to act a certain way. And so I, I need you sometimes to caress me and stroke me a little bit, stroke my ego. Hey. Go, like I said earlier, get my plate, you know, go ahead and, and get me a drink, not doing it in a disrespectful way, like saying you better get my plate. No, you know, I come home from a hard day's work, you know, either mentally tired, physically tired, emotionally tired. You know, I'm going to come and sit on the couch real quick. You, you reading, you're reading what's going on. Hey, you had a hard day. Let me go ahead and um, get you this beer. Let me turn on this TV. You, you want to watch the game? All right, I'm going I'm to leave you alone for a good 20, 30, 45 minutes or whatever. Then I'm going to come and it's going to be uh, you and I time. You know, those are the things that people have to understand in the relationship. There's cues, there's signals, there's that, there's that love language. And, you know, I would definitely um, ask people if they haven't taken a, a love language survey, they should definitely do that. That's absolutely important to identify people's love languages. I totally agree. There's five love languages. And I think um, figuring out what's yours is important. Um, Also, you know, I think just what we have to understand about each other as well is that, you know, yes, a man does desire those things. He desires to be cared for. And a woman should never be on her high horse to where she feels she's not you know, she's too good to take care of a man. It's just like the Destiny's song, Destiny's Child song, Cater to You. I get your slippers, your drink, your food, you know, your slippers. Oh, wow, you know all those. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You want to make, and that's the way to make a man feel like a king. So even if he's not making that money, hey, you know, guess what? I fixed you a plate. You know, I got your slippers. But here's what I want men to understand, too. The way to get a woman, to, even in that mindset, is to also treat her and make her feel good about herself. Treat her with adoration and respect. Like the saying goes, if you treat me good, I'll treat you better. If you love me, you support me. You act like I'm the best thing that's happened to you. I will treat you better. I will have your plate made before you get home. You know, I will have your beer ready. I will have your bubble bath ran. You know, I will have fresh, clean sheets with Egyptian cotton spray sprayed on them. You know, I'll have fresh bed sheets and, you know, I'll have all of that because you're showing me that I love you. I want to reciprocate that love in return. The worst thing that a man can do to a woman is affect, is, uh, affect with her mind to where she feels she's not loved or appreciated or she's judged. When a woman feels attacked emotionally, 
I can say this from experience, she starts to break down. And mm. what you don't want to happen is for a woman to get to the point, excuse my language, where she no longer gives a fuck. When she gets to that mm. point, whereas, you know what? I don't care. I built up a wall. And again, I say this from experience. I say this from experience because when we are emotionalists, it's a wrap. When we have done what we felt like all we could do and there's just just a wall there for whatever reason if a man is verbally abusive if he's emotionally abusive um record like you said instead of hey baby you know can you give me my plate if you're demanding you know woman that's your job why do you need to give me my those types of things will cause a woman to break down that it will cause a woman to break down and it will cause her to detach herself from you emotionally and when a woman is detached emotionally then there's nothing left for her to give. You're not getting nothing if she's detached emotionally. So again, just communicating, it goes back to respect. Respect your man, respect your woman. That's a gym. Hey, I have a question for everybody though right now. Do you all know your love languages? Um, I would say mine is... You know, I don't know if I know. I need to probably take that quiz again. I need to read the book. There's a book called The Five Love Languages, I believe. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation, <laughs> acts of service, yep. physical touch. Come my, on, help me mine out. Is, too. Mine is physical <laughs> touch. I, I already know. Mine as well. I think that's mine as well. Yeah, mine physical as well. touch, yes. Yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. So we're on the same page. I guess we all have the same love language. That's yeah. interesting. Um, I would, I'm kind of surprised though, cause I feel like words of affirmation, you know, might be more along the men's side. So it's interesting that you guys said physical touch. Quality time yeah. is one. I wonder if you can have more and than I'm missing one. one more. You can have like two. I mean, cause like yes, all those things are important to me, you know, it's... words of affirmation, physical touch, um, quality time. All those things are important to me to make a relationship, you know, feel complete, feel whole. If one of those things are missing, you know, if we don't if you have give me words of affirmation, but you don't touch me, you know, I'm gonna feel like there's something missing. But we do have one I feel like that might be stronger than the others. One one that we might crave more than the others. Brian, Physical is the touch one... is definitely, definitely up there. Is the last one gifts? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's gifts. Um, so yeah, I, I know that. Most of the gifts that I want in a relationship are physical, so I I know that mine is physical touch. Um, that goes a long way with me. But I want people to recognize that physical touch is does not always mean sex, right? Right. right. You know, so that's important mm-hmm. to make sure that um, people don't get the wrong idea. Sometimes I just want you to stroke my the back of my head, you know, maybe hold my hand, massage, yeah, give something. me a massage or whatever the case may be. You know, I had this thing back in, and it's funny that physical touch is mine because I had this big thing back in the day that I could not hold somebody's hand in public. I could not do it. If a girl mm-hmm. attempted to hold my hand in public, public, we were done. It was over. Why was that? Oh, wow. huh? Why? Mm-hmm. Because I had commitment issues. You know, that mm-hmm. that that relationship was now being public publicized and we were going to the next step. That's very she, true. And then she was going to expect me to now do more. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I had to run from that. You know, I had to finally grow and mature and understand, hey, it's okay to have that um physical touch in public and have that public 
Um, and I'm glad you said that. It, so. I'm glad you said that because those are things that I feel like women should pay attention to. You know, if he doesn't want to hold your hand in public, why? If if he's proud of you, if you guys have had that conversation mm. about being together, there should be no reason. Because it, it, it is. It's basically proclaiming this man is mine. This woman is mine. That's what, you know, when somebody holds hands, that's what they assume. That's her that's her partner. That's his partner. Um, so if a man is not doing that, um, you know, I think that should be, uh, and, and it's something that you want is different if that's not what you want. But if that's something that you try to do or you feel like that you should be doing and he is resistant to that, that could be a sign that is a sign that he's not ready for uh, possibly the same things that you want and so again women just kind of need to know when to walk away and not be afraid to ask the hard questions and I honestly feel that if a man is ready for the things that you are he's not going to shy away from those tough questions only a man who's not ready or who is scared is going to be afraid of those you know questions like what are we or you know where is this going a man should never be afraid to be truthful about that type of question and he's really that's ready. my number one pet peeve hmm. questions that's my that's one of my issues in relationships mm-hmm. i'm not afraid to commit i'm not afraid of anything in a relationship but as i've gotten older i've developed a a dislike for being questioned i don't know what it is but when I'm asked questions repeatedly or questions that just I feel are almost insulting. I take issue. To That's it. a control issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that yes. what it is? You, you, you just, feel that you shouldn't have to be asked anything because, again, you are who you are. And why are you questioning me? You know, just let me do what yeah. I want to do. You know, I'll come home. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to ask me where I'm going? You know, I'm going out. You know, who are you going with? <laughs> so um, it's about control. But again, if you're talking about a relationship, but someone is not necessarily asking those questions because they're being accusatory, you know, they just, they might just be striking up conversation. They just want to make sure that if something happens to you, they know where to look or what to do. In case, uh, you mm-hmm. know, so if you just say I'm going out right now, I'm thinking about, OK, um, where is he? What's going on? You know, if he could he be hurt? And let's just say you don't answer your phone because your phone dies or uh, service is not working or whatever the case may be. And you get into an accident. I have no way, no way, no how of to kind of discern where to, to start my, my, my search or my journey if I don't know your friends. Right. How do I call and say, hey, have you seen Brian? Have you seen blah, blah, blah? I can't do that. So you have to look at it in another um, aspect that it's about me caring enough about you to know where you're going and you caring enough about me to tell me where you're going. Right. And that comes with, you know, also you you have to build a relationship where where you trust the person. But also remember that when you're dating somebody, it is kind of like an interview. I mean, you don't want it to feel that way, but you have to find out if you're compatible. You're not going to know that unless you ask questions. There's no way that you're going to find out about another person unless you ask questions about them, unless you spend time with them. You know, so I want to know everything about you because I need to know if we're compatible or not. You know, I don't want to waste my time uh, being with somebody who's not on the same page as I am. How can I get to know if we're on the same page if I don't ask you anything, if I assume? 
You know, women should never assume. Men should never assume. Don't be afraid to have those tough conversations and ask. You know, and there's there's appropriate ways to go about it. You can ask those questions without coming off as being obnoxious, without coming off as being, you know, bougie, without coming off as being judgmental, you know. But I, I think that, Brian, you're not the only one. A lot of times I'm going to say, you know, I hate to be questioned. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm also going to know the answer if I ask, if I don't ask. There's no way for me to know. You know, if I start snooping, then that's going to be a problem. So, I can't, y'all can like that either. So I'm going to be a woman and ask you these questions. And it's not a meant, it's not a meant to attack you. You know, like I want to ask this man, this particular guy so bad, like, okay, you're in school. Are you ready to even have like a committed relationship? Because balancing in school, when you're trying to get your degree in a relationship is very hard. Are you even ready to be in a committed relationship anytime soon? If not, I need to not waste my time with you because, I'm, this is the stage where I'm at. And if we're not on the same page, that's fine. Right. It just means that the stars weren't aligned and it wasn't our time to be together. Maybe we'll be together the next lifetime. Who knows? But I'd rather me get those tough questions out the way and figure it out versus I'm dating you six months and I find out, oh, I'm not really ready for a commitment. Then you've got your time wasted. And when you get older, especially a woman, again, who has that biological clock, Time is of the essence. We do not want to waste time with somebody who does not have our best interest or somebody we're not compatible with. So we're not really thinking or even caring. I don't want to be questioned. It's like, okay, I have to know. It's like a weeding out who is not compatible with us. You know, if this man says, mm, I'm not really ready to settle down. And my girlfriends will say this all the time. I liked him so much, but he was not ready for a commitment. So I had to cut him off. Otherwise, I'm going to set myself up for disappointment. That is maturity and growth, knowing that I like you, but I'm strong enough to walk away and move on to the next man because you don't have or you don't you're not what you're not where I'm at right now. We're not on the same page. How do you know the doors closed on your last relationship so you can move on to your next relationship? Um, well, aside from verbally, um, I think just kind of coming to, to peace and I'll, I'll tell you what I did. Um, every woman has when that saying that every woman has a breaking point is true. Um, and for me, when I, I, I literally, I'm a, you know, if you can't tell already, I'm an analytical person and I try to be methodical. I wrote down a list of pros and I wrote down a list of cons. So I wrote down the pros of our relationship and I wrote down the cons. When I looked at the cons, I saw that they were longer than the pros. Okay. Wow. And this was after me paying for therapy. This was after us going to church. This was after not saying that I wasn't at fault in the relationship because um, I, I will be the first to admit that I'm not perfect and I've made mistakes in the relationship that I completely own up to. However, what mm-hmm. I felt was that I'm getting older. We've got this beautiful baby. This is not going anywhere. You know, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to develop. I'm trying to do the. We're just not on the same page. So I literally planned, um, you know, I, I literally planned how I was going to walk away and start my life over. It, it was literally that serious to where you know I was writing things down I was you know doing it and I asked I prayed I asked God for a sign so before I walk away from this I need you to give me a sign that I need to walk away and when I tell you 
you know, I don't know if you guys are spiritual, believe in God. When I tell you the sign was so clear, God said, I'm going to make this so crystal clear for you that you're not going to have a choice but to walk away. I'm going to put this directly in your face that you're not going to have a choice of whether you can ignore it or not. Do I have your attention now? Have I given you a clear enough sign? Get out. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. Get out. That I cannot show you better until you leave. I cannot bless you. I cannot bless you if you continue to stay with your feet stuck in the mud. You have to go and get out. Do not worry about him. Worry about yourself. Do what's best for you and your daughter. Otherwise, there's no way that I can bless you and show you that you deserve better if you insist on staying where you're at because it might be comfortable for you. It's not going to be comfortable, but you got to walk away anyhow. And I will be with you every step of the way, but you have to, you have to go. And when I got that clarity from the Lord, I walked away and I've not looked back. And so that's the first anecdote (laughs) from me. Absolutely. I think we got a lot of good conversation out, just a lot of important topics on what we do in relationships and where we go wrong. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Um, Does anybody have any social media uh, handles or anything they'd like to share before we wrap up, sign off? No, I just think that it was a very insightful conversation. I appreciate you taking the opportunity to bring all three of us together. So that's all I would like to say. Yes, I think we did. We got a lot of good insight. Um, I think at some point a roundtable discussion might be beneficial too um you know with literally with us physically present in a room and just um you know just kind of figuring out uh, what are some things that we're not understanding about each other or are we understanding and we're just not doing it you know that could be it too no i would love to do that um i I would love to go ahead and get everybody together and we could kind of have a mastermind session uh let's plan that we'll definitely plan that fair good Sounds like a plan. Uh, And anybody listening, don't forget to check us out. Check me out. Instagram, Twitter, Chubby Idris Elba. Don't forget to like and subscribe on uh, Apple Music to the podcast. Check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, all the different distributive outlets. Until next time, peace. The Modern Black Man Podcast. Leave a review on Apple iTunes. Rate the show.